0: Welcome to Fragments of Blue. Join Grace and Laura each week as they discuss the power of Scripture to guide us through life's complexity into a greater love of God. Welcome back. I'm Grace. And I'm Laura. And today we are continuing our paradox series, and we're discussing the humanity and deity of God. Of course, these two elements are combined in Christ himself. So this is a really difficult passage to, or a difficult topic to discuss. So I feel like there's so many different angles that we can take this Mm. from. We can either just look at all the passages in scripture to be like, see, it's really there. The doctrine of the Trinity (laughs) is really there. Or we can talk about like what's beautiful about it. Why is it essential? So I decided to start off by taking this from a church history perspective <laughs> because I'm taking church history. Hmm, fancy that! I know <laughs> fancy taking it that way. So in my readings, the things, the thing that I've really come to appreciate is that this doctrine of the Trinity, specifically within the doctrine of the Trinity, the humanity and deity of Christ, really is foundational. And I think growing up, I obviously believed in the Trinity. I've never not believed in the Trinity. Yeah. Although I have seriously wondered about it, I've wondered if it really is in the Bible or if this mm-hmm. is just something we've made up. I think what I've come to realize in the last year or two is that this is not a hypothetical mm-hmm. area that the a confusion about the nature of God has extremely practical ramifications. Mm-hmm. So that this is this is not just uh, useless theologizing and debating and from the very beginning the issue of the nature of Christ was one of the biggest issues mm-hmm. in the in the church and this was an issue that people fought and died over because it was so it, it was recognized mm-hmm. to have so many implications. Yeah. So I kind of want to start off with I guess a people that this really matters Mm -hmm. the way you view god really affects the way you live your faith yes and and then i also want to express that in in my study of church history i guess uh, i i began to feel very thankful because there were characters like Athanasius of Alexandria and Alexander of Alexandria mm-hmm. and all, who gave their lives to uphold the truth of Christ's divinity and his humanity. Yeah. So th- that this is a truth that comes to us at great cost. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that because I grew up
1: hearing this from the time I was very young. I would tell you I absolutely believed that Jesus was fully God and fully man. But at the same time, it was so hard for me to grasp that he was a man. Yeah, yeah. His divinity, no problem. His manhood, huge problem for me. Yes, yes. (laughs) You know, like the fact that he had bodily functions that had to be taken care of is just like mind blowing to me. Yeah, Or even that he would sleep or that he would eat or that, you know, that he would be hungry. And I knew it, I knew it from God's word. But it was still very weird because part of me was like, yeah, but he was still God. So did it really affect
0: him? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the part that has taken longer for me to come to terms with.
0: Yeah. Which was interesting because we were talking a bit ago about you watching The Chosen. And how their portrayal of Jesus kind of brought that... Really, yeah. it, it captured his humanity in a really good way. Right. You, you felt. And
1: his divinity.
0: Right, Because I, I think what what was different for me about
1: that particular series than other series about Jesus that I've watched is that even his divinity seemed very natural to him. Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so because it was so, it wasn't a big deal somehow, even though it was a big deal. You know, people are still reacting in in awe that he did something, but it was almost like like the the first miracle, the the episode where he changes water into wine. It's not like I've seen in others where you see the like a close-up of the water turning red and then looking
0: a bit you know and the jars are yeah. shaking yeah, like something
1: <laughs> big is happening here Right, and it wasn't like that right there's a they kind of an ordinariness
0: they, shrouding yeah, shrouding yeah, God's exactly humanity. and i yeah. or christ's humanity it was almost
1: like then his divinity became much more a natural part of him right instead of the maybe the Sunday school magician-y style miracles. It was more like miracles as I've experienced them in my own life. Right. Which we talked about in the the last episode. And so right. that for me was was huge. Mm-hmm. I think is is understanding his humanity. But but just how they portray it in the chosen being so so natural a part of him, mm-hmm. his divinity as well, just showed how they melded yeah. so well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it is fascinating to me that this is an issue that is so central to our faith that we have mm-hmm. such a hard time grasping. And then we also have a hard time feeling its significance, really. Yeah. But um, there have been a few cases where I feel like I have seen the outplay or whatever of getting the divinity wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the first most recently was in watching the American gospel. The first one, I think, is it. it's the one about the prosperity gospel. Yeah. This was Fascinating to me, but that a lot of these prosperity gospel churches didn't actually believe in the Trinity. Hmm. The, this blew my mind. Yeah. So they, one of it, it talks about how one, uh, a lot of these speakers say that Christ was a man just like us. That his deity was removed from him. So one of the reasons why in this name it and claim it religion, they have this idea of name it and claim it is just like Jesus could claim it. And he was a man. Mm -hmm. He was a man just like you. So you should be able to do everything that Jesus did. Right. And so it was very strange to me to, to see in these kind of false religions that seem so much about getting money yeah. that they are making theological claims. Because yeah. I would think, like, just stay wishy-washy. Don't make yeah. claims. Yeah. Because then you're That's going so to um, have some people who don't come in you know there's going to be people who disagree with you but I just but so it was very surprising to me that people in these groups actually make claims about the nature of God and a lot of them have to do with the deity of Christ so then what would they do with a verse then like that Christ being
1: in very nature God
0: yeah, it's it's like, tricky. I mean, I don't think there's any way of discussing how they are biblical <laughs> because they're not. It's not they're yeah. not. But I think um, I think the, the point really is that when when you throw out the mm. complexity, this kind of paradox yeah. of Jesus being God and man at once, it is going to have real consequences yeah. in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting because the form in which this controversy was really big in the early church was Arianism. So Arianism was the idea that... I have to get this right. This is a little complicated. Basically, Jesus essentially was considered a created being. So mm-hmm. he was created by God and therefore was not fully God. Okay. So, yeah. So this is, but it's interesting because, and I'm just going to quote here from um, the story of Christianity by uh, Justa Gonzalez. Um, And he talks about here how at the heart of the matter was also the question of how it is that Christ saves. So again, we come to this issue of the Trinity and the deity of Christ and the humanity of Christ having more implications than just, you know, mere theologizing. We're not just, this isn't theoretical. So according to Alexander, who believes, would believe in the Trinity, Christ has achieved our salvation because in him, God has entered human history and opened the way for our return to him. But apparently Arius and his followers felt that Christ's role as saviour was imperiled by such a view. For Jesus, they said, had opened the way for salvation by his obedience to God, and such obedience would be meaningless if he himself was divine and Mm -hmm. not a creature. So in the one example, or so according to Alexander, God is the only one who can live the perfect human life and is, had to come to save us. Whereas for Arius, he simply provided an example of a human who could live right. the human life, and therefore kind of opened the way for us to to, to go and do likewise, sort yeah. of a thing. Yeah. And you see, of course, how big of a deal this is to just say, no, 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 he was a human too. Mm. So come on, like, go and be perfect. Mm-hmm. That is crippling. <laughs> yeah. So
1: we were, remember, we were talking a while ago about a book by John Thompson, uh, Convergence. And he was saying in his book about how Christ, in order to model for us what the Holy Spirit, like our inheritance, the things that we can do by the power of the Holy Spirit, he laid aside his godhood. But he, like, he didn't say it as in he wasn't God. He just said he didn't use his divinity in order to do the miracles that we see. And I know that you were like, wait just a minute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So maybe do you want to expand on that a little bit and why, why it was like a red flag right away? Sure. The the idea is that um, Christ is our model. Mm -hmm. So he, lived his life here on earth via all of the gifts of the spirit so that when christ ascended and the spirit came on us we could we the church can Mm -hmm. do all that christ did and more you know there is the which it does say it does say that we should be able to do but i think the idea i think first of all it was very much a stretch to say that Christ's deity never came into play. I don't think you can really back that up with Scripture. To me, it's quite an extrapolation to say that, you know, when he's going off and praying, he's receiving specific instructions. And Mm -hmm. without those specific instructions, he does nothing kind of a thing. But also, this is actually this thought... The implications when you walk this out actually led to another heresy in the early church around, I think, 4 and AD. well, not BC. Um, <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I think it's called the Pelagian <laughs> heresy, which yeah. basically is that Christians can walk perfectly as Christ, because if mm-hmm. we have, because then the, the question is, if we have the Holy Spirit yeah, in us like Christ, and Christ didn't use his divinity yeah. to live his perfect life, shouldn't we be able to do that as well? Yeah. And I don't think the Bible makes that claim, yeah. so yeah, there I think it's I think only <laughs> in today's kind of era where we spend so little time in church history do we think that the doctrine of the Trinity that is like the nature of God doesn't really matter, yeah. And I think you take a, a, just a cursory glance at history and even issues in the church today. And you realize that, I mean, not surprisingly, the nature of God is the foundation that we build off of. And if it's wrong, something is going to show up that is totally off in the way we yeah. live our faith. Yeah. We need the entirety of it, right?
1: Like yes. we can't yeah. leave out any portion of scripture or we lose the truth of it. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And, and that's where we constantly go wrong, I think. And that's why it's so important that we, it says we study to show ourselves approved, because we have to know what the Bible really says. Yeah. And if we don't get into God's word and we don't study it, we don't let it become a part of who we are, we're going to, we're going to make our own religion. Yes. Really. Yeah, that's,
0: exactly. That's the danger. Yeah, we, we make our own God, of course we'll make our yeah, own religion. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or even if we err on the side of God is fully man, but only access to the Holy Spirit, I mean, then he's not the Messiah. Because the prophecies in the Old Testament point to a Messiah that is the only begotten Son of God.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah,
1: That is god come in flesh yeah um and so yeah jesus wouldn't have been the messiah yeah yeah
0: i also think this is maybe this could be potentially contested i don't know if (laughs) this is uh an argument that's been used before probably has there's nothing new under the sun um but i remember thinking a while ago that if you can think of if you can if your image of god if your vision of god elevates his glory it must be more true than the previous your mm. previous idea of god mm. and i think these our our study of these paradoxes is trying it is, i think trying to magnify god and lift yeah. him up in this idea of god including humanity and deity without the mm. compromise of either is a mind-blowing it can my a mm. mind-blowing truth but definitely a god-exalting truth yeah. and i felt like um what this was a while ago but i was reading in john milton's paradise lost and he has a passage where the father is in dialogue with the son and they have talked about how jesus is going to go and rescue the fallen people mm-hmm. and i i just have to read this passage yeah. because it describes an aspect of the trinity you know god becoming man and m- I guess made me understand how beautiful it was. And I mean, there is no other creature that God mm-hmm. has been united to. Yeah. So, so humanity, when it was first created, was made in the image of God and talk about elevating mm-hmm. a creature, but we've been elevated even more so by there is a man on the throne in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing. Anyway, yeah. so I'm going to read this yeah. passage. So for anyone who would like to reference this passage and take a look at it, it's in book three line like three ten ish.
1: And I wish you could see Laura right now, because it is a gigantic book that she is holding in her hands. When I ordered it, I didn't know it was going
0: to be like It's like one of those giant Bibles you see in the churches, like old English. You're like you're like calling me out. It's super embarrassing. I'm just saying. Podcasts are supposed to be safe this way. (laughs) Okay, so where does it start? Oh yeah. Because in thee, so this is the father speaking to the son. Because in thee, love hath abounded more than glory abounds. Therefore, thy humiliation shall exalt with thee thy manhood also to this throne. Here shalt thou sit incarnate. Here shalt reign both God and man. Son, both of God and man, anointed universal king. All power I give thee. Reign forever and assume thy merits. And I just loved that the first time I read it. I was like, it, it kind of struck me the beauty the glory above my own imaginings of what god is yeah. this combining of god and man in christ he has done an unthought of thing you know yeah. other religions they when they bring in the humanity into the nature of their gods they just bring the gods lower it makes them it makes them sinners yes right? exactly
1: like they do despicable things
0: yes when they become exactly more human like exactly yeah. but in in the christian religion yeah. somehow we have or not we god yeah. in his, his in his nature is this most glorious thing you can yeah. think of and so of course i am left to believe that this must be god's nature mm-hmm. it is more glorious than anything that has been thought of yeah. i could i could never if christianity didn't exist i would never have thought of a god like this yeah. in order to make him more glorious i would never have linked him to me <laughs> never yeah. right that's insane yeah. I would make him more different than me, separate yeah. him endlessly from me, make him totally other than me. And God does the opposite while maintaining yeah. that great otherness and transcendence and gloriousness. And this is why I think the Trinity has to be <laughs> held on to. Yeah, it's so important. That's,
1: I think that's one of the things I, I like about looking at this series, this paradox series, is the fact that only God... Like maybe some of the things we talk about can be humans as well, but generally, most of the things we're talking about only God can be both at once. Definitely, only God can be both human and divine Mm -hmm. simultaneously. And yeah, I just I I think that that's something that when we start to wrap our minds around that a little bit, makes us more in love with Him. Yeah, makes us more in awe of Him, Mm -hmm. and. The things that I hadn't thought of maybe previously when I was younger, when I thought of him as God, the fact that he's fully man does make him more accessible to us, okay. makes him more like we were like, okay, he really does understand. He understands suffering because he was fully man.
0: He understands exhaustion. He, yeah, he gets it. Yeah. yeah.
1: And he knows that that sometimes you want to get away from things you want to get in a boat and go out on the lake you know yeah like he gets that we need those kind of times and he models that for us too yes those times of rest yeah and at the same time he doesn't he himself wasn't bound by the law and he's like you're not bound by the law the law is made for you the sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath like Mm -hmm. these things are for you for your um for your building up for you to love others better. These are some guidelines to love others and, and God well. Like, that's why he gave us those things. Mm-hmm. And Jesus lived them out perfectly because he was love. Mm-hmm. How can you live a sinless life? Be love. Because <laughs> then you won't sin against God. You won't even want to. And you won't sin against others. You won't even want to.
0: Mm-hmm. We're not love. <laughs> no. But, but I'm just think thinking about increasing generally how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm actually kind of below average in this area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is It is amazing. I think the aspect of the Trinity, the Son, the thing that I love about the dialogue between mm-hmm. the Father and the Son there yeah. is is the incredible humility of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we probably, maybe we'll get to this when we talk about like the lion and the lamb mm-hmm. in our next episode. And of course, there's going to be crossovers between these episodes as we're talking about these kind mm-hmm. of uh, these two, you know, these paradoxes, mm-hmm. and they kind of straddle uh, some, some topics. Yeah. But this humility of the greatest being going uh, and becoming the lowliest—it's mm-hmm. it is yeah. mind mind bending that somehow um, in Christ both have been maintained perfectly. But I think the thing that's so exciting is that. John Milton captures is that this is very elevating for, for Christians. Yeah. This creates, this is makes us even more passionate about the dignity of humans Mm -hmm. that God has even seen fit to put a human on the throne of heaven I almost feel a reverence saying that, yeah. but it is true. I mean, yeah, abs- of course, God yeah. is on the throne. And-, and
1: he was before his humanity, before he, I mean, it was still part of his plan, but before he was literally born mm-hmm. inside of time mm-hmm. <laughs> and things like that, like the son always existed. Yes. Right? So yep. he was always a part of the Trinity, but that now he exists also as man. Yeah. Is... Quite amazing. It doesn't that's, make sense.
0: There's no. so many questions that pop up. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. but it is, I just think that's beautiful. So I was thinking more about when we were talking about the idea that Jesus only did things by the power of the Holy Spirit, that part of the Trinity, and how it says he only ever did what he saw the Father doing. They are so much of one mind, yes, <laughs> that that's what he did, because they are one mind, they are one god yeah it's funny because that's another thing that we have th- that he is both plural and singular mm-hmm. do you know what i mean I, yeah. that's maybe another paradox that i don't know if we
0: want to even tackle <laughs> but
1: but this idea that like even the name elohim is that's god in hebrew is both masculine and plural and it talks about at creation it says let us make man in our own image so it's yep. a plural yeah but at the same time it is one god mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and it's so maybe hard for us to fathom. So the idea that even just in Christ himself, we can see the two things <laughs> fully at work. So yeah. 100% God, 100% man. Yeah. That's so hard for us to fathom, but yeah. it happened in Jesus and we can see it in the, the miracles that he did. And also in the, the fact that he was hungry or mm-hmm. he wept mm-hmm. or he was tired and needed to go away, you know, like we see him being human and we see him being divine. So we see it, we have evidence of it. It's still so hard to grasp. Yes. Yeah. Right? It's oh, just yeah. so hard to understand. Yeah. But I I like thinking about it.
0: Yeah. I think I it's like it is one of those things it. that needs to be meditated meditated on and mm-hmm. studied if the true truth if or if the value of these truths are gonna have any significance yeah. to us. So I, I hope that in listening to yeah. this podcast, um, our listeners have felt like they have Gain greater appreciation yeah. for the nature of God mm-hmm. in Christ specifically, his humanity and his deity. And I guess maybe on top of that, uh, we hope that the the study of God's nature and theology, just generally the study of who God is, made to feel more urgent and more mm-hmm. practical. Um I'm becoming more and more convinced that there is no theological truth that doesn't have very practical ramifications, which isn't to say that God isn't gracious. We're going to have mistakes until we see him in heaven. We're not going to fully know him um, and we're going to have errors, I think, all our lives. But definitely this is one of those truths about God that I have become a lot more grateful uh, for. And yeah, I'm just beginning to see how glorious it is.
1: I just maybe want to end because I think we're out of time. But just by reading this verse, I can kind of quote it, but I don't want to get it wrong. It's from Philippians 2. And so what I like about this passage in Philippians is that it does talk about how we can also live by like the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can do, like I said before, even greater things. Mm -hmm. But we are not still going to be God because we're going to still fail and fall because we are human, not divine, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we are inheritors of God's kingdom. We're inheritors of his power and his gifts (laughs) without actually becoming God ourselves, right? Um, But here, these verses show, I think, a little bit what sets Jesus apart. It says, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Therefore, and I think this kind of goes back to your Paradise Lost passage, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And let's end it there. (laughs) Join us again next week when we talk about The Lion and the Lamb.